With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. There's no question that Sinead Gonzalez played a role in a home invasion in Kingwood on February 26, 2012. She was tracked down by the victim using the Find My Phone feature on a stolen iPad. The victim in that case explained to me that Sinead was on the other end of a walkie-talkie throughout the entire attack and entered into the house at the end of the robbery, barking orders at the five men inside. The victims in the Kingwood home invasion were terrorized for hours, and the crime reeks of similarities to the attack that led to the murder of Jim Melgar. A nice house in a nice neighborhood on a dead-end street. The victims owned a business and spoke Spanish. The intruders tied the family up using items from their own home, and after ransacking the entire house, walked away with only some small electronics. Although in both cases, they were looking for a safe. The home invasion in Kingwood also appeared to be connected to a 2009 Harris County incident. Another Spanish-speaking couple in a nice neighborhood, four or five men involved, with an accomplice directing them with a walkie-talkie. Oscar Garcia was charged and arrested for both of these crimes. But the circumstances surrounding his case leave us with a lot of questions. Garcia hails from Mexico, whereas Sinead is from Colombia. Why did Sinead flip only on Oscar, but not the rest of the home invaders? And why were the charges dropped on Oscar for the 2009 home invasion? And lastly, why did Oscar Garcia plead guilty in the Kingwood home invasion and not give up any of the other men involved? Is it because he's innocent, or is there another reason? Oscar Garcia may have been in fear for his life, not from the electric chair, but from Sinead's family. Texas Ranger James Holland is a legendary interrogator. They call him the serial killer whisperer. You can't hide those indications, and that's why yesterday I knew that he did it. But now, shocking interrogation tapes reveal how the super cop really operates. And that's why they asked me to come in, because I'm special. From something else, The Marshall Project and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Smokescreen. Just say you're sorry. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Cinead's full name is Cinead Vanessa Gonzalez Londoño. She was born in Colombia in 1990, and it appears that when she was a teenager, she crossed the border into the United States. She's never registered to vote or possessed a United States driver's license. All indications are that Cinead entered the States illegally. In March of 2010, she married an American citizen, a white guy from Pennsylvania who was living in Houston at the time. And even though she did marry a citizen, there does not appear to be any records indicating that Cinead ever sought legal American citizenship. Her husband does not have any violent crime convictions on his record. He's about eight years older than Cinead, and the year before they married, he got popped back in Pennsylvania with a small amount of marijuana. And that's pretty much the extent of his known criminal history. But according to the Kingwood victim, a woman that I've been referring to as Isabel, when the police went to question him in 2012 after Cinead's arrest, he jumped off of a balcony and ran away. Eventually, the Harris County sheriffs cleared him of any involvement in the Kingwood case, although we have no real indication of how they did that because we're still waiting for our open records request from Harris County on the case. With no DNA or fingerprints taken from the scene, and according to the victims, all of the offenders were wearing masks the entire time, I really can't make sense of the fact that her husband was cleared. One of our very astute listeners took it upon himself to dig a little deeper into Cinead and discovered that she has some brothers and cousins that are no strangers to violent crimes. In 2008, one of her brothers got into some trouble that ended in a tragic death in Boca Raton, Florida. Based on the public information available, Oscar Gonzalez Londoño is Cinead's brother. This is a Facebook post from the Boca Raton Police Department from June 30th, 2009. Fugitives Wanted and Jewelry Courier Homicide, Boca Raton, Florida. On May 7, 2008, at 12.37 p.m., jewelry couriers Leon Rosillo and Timoteo Garcia were visiting St. Moritz Jewelers at 21310 St. Andrews Boulevard. Rosillo remained in the driver's seat of his car, and a case containing close to $150,000 in jewelry was on the floorboard beside him. When Garcia went into the store and spoke with the store manager... Three Hispanic males approached Rosillo's car and smashed out three of the windows. One of the suspects grabbed the jewelry case and the suspects ran back to a waiting Saturn Vu. Rosillo got out of his vehicle and chased the suspects who tried to flee in the Saturn. Rosillo, in fear of being run over, fired several shots from the gun he was carrying, striking and killing the driver. Detectives from the Boca Raton Police Service Department found identification in the name of Juan Gonzalez in the possession of the deceased driver. The Saturn Vu had been rented by Gonzalez in Miami, and when detectives went to the car rental agency, they discovered that the name Juan Gonzalez was actually an alias for Wilmar Andres Sierra Perez, a Colombian national. The Colombian consulate confirmed this information through fingerprints. A number of different agencies had arrested Sierra Perez, who was a convicted, deported felon. The three other suspects fled from the Saturn and got into a waiting vehicle, a rented white Chrysler Town & Country minivan. The minivan, later located unoccupied at the Town Center Mall, had multiple bullet holes in it and contained property left by the suspects. A male named Juan Bonnell Fernandez had rented the van in Miami. 
Photograph identification and fingerprint evidence inside the van confirmed that Fernandez is an alias for Edwin Andres Zaragoza, which is also possibly an alias. Zaragoza, believed to be a Colombian national, has close to two dozen aliases and has been arrested by multiple agencies across the country. Zaragoza has active warrants for homicide and robbery with a weapon from Boca Raton police. In November 2008, Oscar Gonzalez Londoño, that's Siniad's brother, a Colombian national, came to the attention of Boca Raton police detectives after Houston police arrested him for illegal re-entry into the United States after deportation. Jose Curo was arrested with Gonzalez Londoño. Police received information that Gonzalez Londoño and Sierra Perez were related to each other. When police spoke with Gonzalez Londoño, he implicated himself as the driver of a third car, which was used to pick up the other suspects after they left the Chrysler minivan at the town center mall. Gonzalez Londoño also named Zaragoza as the driver of the minivan and said they had been roommates in Miami. Gonzalez Londoño is in custody at the Palm Beach County Jail on charges of second-degree felony murder and robbery with a deadly weapon. Curo, also a Colombian national, had knowledge of the robbery, including details such as Gonzalez Londoño's cousin, known only as Christian, was involved in the robbery. Curo is in custody in Houston on an immigration violation for illegally re-entering the United States as a deported felon and is facing three to five years in prison. Christian, who had fraudulent documents identifying him as Martin Rodriguez, is actually Rodolfo Vargas Londoño. That would be Siniad's cousin. Vargas Londoño, who was an American citizen, dropped the fraudulent documents during a struggle with Houston police officers. Detectives believe Vargas Londoño was a passenger in the Saturn VU and possibly removed the jewelry case from Rosillo's vehicle. Vargas Londoño has active warrants for his arrest out of Houston and is a person of interest in the jewelry courier robbery. From the beginning, this case has proven to be especially complicated because all the suspects had fraudulent documents and multiple aliases. Several of the suspects have been previously deported from the United States for felony convictions and subsequently re-entered the country illegally. As detectives delved further into the evidence, they discovered these thieves were part of an organized operation and several had family connections. Detectives had to obtain copies of all the original photographs and fingerprints from every agency that had arrested them, to include departments in New York, Georgia, Arkansas, California, and Texas, to conclusively identify the suspects. Detectives are confident that as the investigation continues, all the suspects involved will be identified and brought to justice. Detectives are interested in speaking with Rodolfo Vargas Londoño, who is considered a person of interest and has active warrants out in Texas. Detectives are also actively seeking Edwin Andres Zaragoza, who had an active warrant for armed robbery and homicide. If anyone knows the whereabouts of either of these men, they are asked to call their local law enforcement agency immediately. If anyone has any information about this crime, they are asked to call Detective Juan Carlos Puan or Palm Beach County Crime Stoppers. Oscar Gonzalez Londoño pled guilty to the charges related to the 2008 attack on Leon Rosillo and the death of his accomplice, who was also his cousin. He was sentenced to eight years for the 10-year felony due to his cooperation and was credited with two years of time served. 
Sinead's brother was in prison at the time of Jim's murder. But further research shows us that just about everyone involved in the jewelry heist is related in one way or another. And at least three of the men involved were free at the time of the Melgar attack. The crew frequented both Florida and Houston, and Sinead Gonzalez Londoño is connected to all of them. Five years after the fact, the case remained unresolved. This is an article from the Palm Beach Post from August of 2013 titled, Judge, No Bail for Man Brought from Columbia Facing Murder Charges and Fatal 2008 Boca Raton Jewelry Heist. Leon Rosillo hasn't been able to find peace since May of 2008 when he killed one of a gang of robbers who broke into his Ford SUV and stole about $100,000 worth of jewelry. Authorities said the shooting was justified. The now 70-year-old man says he still often second-guesses his actions. Today, Rosillo said he felt better after hearing that another man has been held responsible for involvement in the robbery. You think, what could I have done differently? But there's nothing I could have done. Nothing. Rosillo said when reached by phone at his Miami home, where he lives with his wife of 47 years. Quote, it brings a little peace of mind that they're going to be put away, end quote. While Edwin Carlos Bonell Bernal of Colombia isn't the one who killed one of his accomplices, William Andre Sierra Perez, Bernal still faces a charge of felony murder during the commission of a robbery, a charge that allows authorities to hold him responsible for the murder. Judge Caroline Shepard today ordered Burnell, 37, to be held at the Palm Beach County Jail without bond. Burnell is the second man to be arrested in the robbery. Oscar Gonzalez Londoño, 34, who is Sierra Perez's cousin and is also from Colombia, was sentenced in 2010 to eight years in prison, according to the Florida Department of Corrections. An arrest warrant was obtained for Gonzalez Londoño in October of 2008, and in December he was found in Houston on unrelated charges. He then confessed to his involvement in the murder, Boca Raton police said. The robbery and shooting scared Rosillo into permanently leaving the jewelry business, which he has spent decades in. He now spends time in his garden and sends food and medicine to political prisoners in Cuba. Rosillo says he believes others involved in the robbery are still out there and has to live his life looking over his shoulder. Police say Bernal, Sierra Perez, and Gonzalez Londoño came to St. Andrews Boulevard in Boca Raton and robbed Miami-area couriers Rosillo and Tomateo Humberto Garcia. The two men were conducting business at St. Moritz Jewelers near the town center mall. Garcia went inside while Rosillo waited in the car with the jewelry. The car's windows were smashed and the bag of jewelry from the front passenger floorboard was taken. A gray Saturn Vu pulled up behind Rosillo's car and the robbers jumped in. Rosillo then took out his 9mm Ruger and tried shooting out a tire. The SUV began moving towards Rosillo's car before Rosillo fired several shots at the driver, hitting Sierra Perez in the back, killing him. The others in the VU got out of the SUV and into a white 2008 Chrysler Town & Country, later found to be driven by Bernal, who also faces charges of robbery with a weapon and occupied burglary. The SUV was found at the town center mall with fingerprints belonging to a man named Edwin Zaragoza, also known as Juan Bonell and Juan Fernando Bonell Fernandez. Authorities found that the man had 30 aliases and had been arrested and deported several times. An arrest warrant was obtained in 2008, and in April 2010, authorities determined the man's true name was Bernal. He arrived at the Miami International Airport on Wednesday from Columbia and was booked into the Palm Beach County Jail. 
You get up, get ready for work like any other day. Then you get home and you lost everything you worked for. Then you took a life. That's tough. That's really tough, Rosio said. Right now I'm working with my plants, and it takes a lot of things out of your mind. Let me break this down for you. In 2008, in Boca Raton, at least five undocumented immigrants from Colombia, at least three of whom had been deported and snuck back into the country illegally on multiple occasions and all had multiple aliases, held up Leon Rosillo while he and his partner were delivering over $100,000 worth of jewelry. Sinead's cousin was driving one of the getaway cars, a Saturn Vu that had been rented using false identification displaying one of his many aliases. Her brother, according to the record, was driving a third getaway car that was laying in wait at a mall nearby. Three other men approached Rosillo's vehicle, smashed out his windows, and stole the jewelry from inside his car. The three ran and jumped into the car that Sinead's cousin, Wilmar Andreas Sierra Perez, was driving, and Rosillo fired his gun at the car, killing him. The three robbers then jumped out of the car and ran to the second getaway car, driven by another one of Sinead's cousins. The four fled the scene, went to the mall, and then hopped into the vehicle that was driven by Sinead's brother, again, according to the record. And in 2009, Oscar, Sinead's brother, was arrested in Houston for sneaking back across the border after being deported. He was extradited to Florida, where he pled guilty as an accessory in the 2008 incident. From what I can tell, it looks like Oscar was released from prison and deported back to Colombia again in 2016. Meanwhile, Bernal was captured in Colombia in 2013 and extradited back to the United States where he was charged with the murder of Sinead's cousin. Florida law allows a defendant to be charged with murder when someone dies during the commission of a felony. Bernal and at least two of the other accomplices were out and free at the time of Jim's murder. As it turns out, Sinead's family has connections far deeper than just the other three men involved in the 2008 jewelry heist. And these connections could explain why Oscar Garcia isn't talking. This is the last article that I'm going to read to you, I promise. This is an article published in the Fort Worth Star-Telegram this past September. The title of the article is 15 Colombian Nationals Arrested in Violent Jewel Robbery in North Texas Across U.S. A ring of Colombian jewel robbers used sophisticated and brutal tactics to carry out 11 robberies or attempted robberies over a two-year span, the U.S. Justice Department says. 15 people have been arrested and faced charges related to the robberies, along with organized crime and conspiracy charges. Between September of 2014 and January of 2016, they allegedly robbed jewelers and traveling jewelry salespeople three times in Dallas, once in Farmer's Branch, and twice in Houston. Other heists happened in Oklahoma City, Miami Beach, Hollywood, Florida, Indianapolis, and Vienna, Virginia, officials said in a news release. Obtaining rental cars, airplane tickets, and hotel rooms, and opening bank accounts using fake identifications, the suspects conducted surveillance on diamond and jewelry stores along with traveling jewelry salesmen in order to identify potential victims, authorities said. In some incidents, the robbers would block a salesman's vehicle with one of their own and disable the salesman's vehicle by slashing tires or breaking windows, authorities said. 
They would use violence, threats of violence, and weapons, including BB guns and knives, during the robberies, authorities said. They sold the jewels to fences who deal in stolen goods and split the proceeds. The arrested men and women were identified as Jonathan David Malpica, 33, Tito Andres Vargas Urbina, 31, related to Siniad, Roger Zamora, 40, Camilla Andrea Espita, 23, Mohamed Nator, 32, Omar Gonzalez, 38, related to Siniad, Fabrizia Cavana Sarmiento, 41, Andres Felipe Haneo, 32, Brian David Vargas Londoño, 25, related to Siniad, Rodolfo Vargas Londoño, 30, related to Siniad, Luis Garcia, 31, Catherine Salas, 34, Erica Gutierrez Macado, 45, James Jean Fierre Tobar Ramon, 27, and Jesus Jean Paul Tovar, 24. Cavana and the Londonios were arrested in Colombia by the Colombian National Police, authorities said. The rest were arrested in various locations in the United States between 2016 and 2017. Quote, the defendants allegedly embarked on a multi-state spree of violent robberies, putting the lives of their victims and other innocent civilians at risk, end quote. Said Assistant Attorney General Brian Benkowski, who announced the arrest along with U.S. Attorney Aaron Neely Cox of Dallas and Special Agent Eric K. Jackson of the Dallas FBI office. We have no tolerance for those who would violate the sovereignty of the United States to further their criminal goals, and we will bring you to justice no matter where in the world you are located, Jackson said. To date, nine of the 15 defendants, Gonzalez, Urbina, Malpica, Mercado, Salas, Haneo, Natur, Zamora, and Garcia, have pleaded guilty, authorities said. Violent crime is nothing new to Siniad Gonzalez Londoño. Her family is deeply rooted into Colombian organized crime. And that might explain why she seemed to hold a position of authority over the men who were terrorizing Isabel and her family during the Kingwood home invasion. And Siniad isn't just connected to Colombian organized crime. She is also connected to someone who may just make all of this relevant to Jim's murder one of the Melgar's renters was about to be evicted. That's next week on Truth and Justice. Truth and Justice is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Wondery. Mike Bussing is our executive producer and Shane Yoder is our sound engineer. All music for the show was created, composed, and scored by PutThemInASong.com, who also mixed and mastered this episode. Our Season 6 logo was also created by Shane Yoder of PutThemInASong.com. And all of our font across all of our logos and banners was created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. You can find more of Tate's work on Etsy. Thank you to Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website, Truth and Justice Pod, where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. Thank you to our transcription team, Rachel Timberman, Natalie Alicia, Pamela Westby, Katherine Chrisman, and Jen Reese Incandela. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your engagement and support. If you like the show and you'd like to support us, you can do so in a number of ways. To financially support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. On the Patreon page, you can pledge as little as $3 a month, and we have reward levels on Patreon that include access to behind-the-scenes videos of the tapings of our Friday follow-up episodes, Truth and Justice Army t-shirts and hats, and even the opportunity to co-host one of our Friday follow-up episodes. 
You can also help us out by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. And lastly, you can always support us by supporting the companies that sponsor this program. And if you have a new case that you'd like us to consider for future seasons, you can submit your cases on our website, truthandjusticepod.com. Just click on the case submission button and fill out the form. And the most important thing that you can do is engage in the investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page. For all of you tweeters, you can connect with us on Twitter. The show's handle is at truthjusticepod, and my personal Twitter handle is at Truth. For more personal interactions, feel free to follow me on Instagram at TruthJusticePod. Don't forget, we always have our 24-7 voicemail line open for questions, comments, or tips on our cases. That phone number is 269-224-2833. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, I'm signing off. I'm Bob Ruff, and this has been Truth and Justice.